Welcome to the 15-Minute Client Podcast, the show for coaches and experts who want consistent, high-paying clients. It's for those coaches and experts who are tired of the complex automations. They're tired of the hair-raising tech. They're tired of the convoluted funnels. They just want simplicity. If that's you, the 15-Minute Client Podcast is for you. Hey, this is Luke Charlton here, and welcome back to the 15-Minute Client Podcast. We're excited to have you here on this beautiful Saturday morning. Just finished gym and run. And I've got a very special podcast for you today because today I'm going to share with you how to win any argument. So what I'm going to share with you is a strategy that I use probably about 99% of the time um, either in an argument with a person or, you know, persuading someone to, you know, in a sales conversation or in a webinar, in a, in a sales letter. Extremely, extremely powerful. And I'm going to do it with a, uh, a few examples. So... Basically, it, it goes like this. Um, if you want to get someone to come to the conclusion that you have, right, and that's the end of the day. So the conclusion, you, you try and lead someone to a specific uh, type of conclusion. So that could be, you know, your methodology is the best way or the conclusion is, you know, um, so just got a car coming up. Conclusion is, you know, Jesus Christ is the um, saviour. The conclusion is... Whatever it may be, okay. So you want to lead someone to a conclusion. That conclusion is, you know, your your perspective, right? Now, um, in order to do that, um, and this is the technique, right? You what you want to do is you want to start with a single belief, okay? And you start with a belief that is um, that they can agree on. It's kind of like you've probably heard the phrase, you know, finding common ground, right? So you you want to start with a belief. And you get that person to agree. And that belief can be, again, I'm going to give specific examples. That belief can be totally, you know, it doesn't seem like it's near the conclusion, but you start with that belief and then it's kind of like, okay, if we both can agree on this, right, this one thing, whatever that is. Okay, so if that must be true, then this next thing must be true, right? And then because it's only a degree away from the original belief, they... You know, they go, yes, that's okay, that, I can see that, that leads to that. Okay, so if that's true, then this must be true. And that next belief, again, is just a little bit away from that original, uh, from, from the previous belief, right? And you just kind of step people through and step people through until eventually you get to that final conclusion, which is whatever it is, you know, Jesus Christ is the Savior or whatever the conclusion is that you're trying to get to. So again, I'll give you some um, specific examples. Um, actually, I, I did this in um, an episode uh, on how to pitch your program a few episodes ago. Really great uh, two episodes on how to pitch a program. And one of the examples that I um, gave, and you haven't listened to those two episodes, very, very uh, important if you're wanting to learn how to pitch your, your high-ticket program on a call. But one of the examples I gave was a, was a client um, that I'm helping to develop their sales script with and she she helps women who have cancer, right? So her end, you know, marketing argument she wants to make is, you know, my methodology will help you um, uh, heal your cancer, right? So that's like what we want to lead them to. <clears throat> so what's the belief that we start with? The belief that we start with is, and this is what, this is actually part of her story, um, what really changed things when she was suffering from cancer, one of the things that she discovered through um, research through research, was that um, cancer cannot survive in the presence of oxygen, 
right? So that's the one thing, right? So that's, so when she told me that, I'm like, oh, that's interesting. Um, and, and I thought that would be a great place to start her marketing argument, right? To put in a sales script. So, <coughs> excuse me, cancer cannot survive in the presence of, of, um, of oxygen. So I said, like, let, let's start your sales script there and we instill that belief, right? So we get, we show why that is true, why cancer cannot survive in the presence of oxygen. If we can get our prospects to believe that one thing, right, just that one thing, then we can lead them to your methodology is the solution they need to heal, you know, to, to heal the cancer, basically. And if you go back and listen to the episode, I, I walk you through how I do that, right? How her methodology does that by bringing oxygen into the body, by, you know, getting it to the cancer, and then, you know, yeah, getting it to the cancer, basically, I'll step by step. So anyway, the point is, by getting them to believe that one belief, that oxygen, that cancer cannot live in the presence of oxygen, we begin there and get, before we move on, we get the prospect to believe that. How do we do that? You, you with her story, with by backing it up with science, by giving examples, by etc. So you instill that belief with, um, you know, with numbers and stories and case studies and etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. So I'll give you, um, I'll give you another example. Let's say that you wanted to make someone believe, as I said before, that Jesus Christ is the is the savior, right? Well, you know, you, one methodology you could, you know, show people the Bible and go, okay, here's, you know, here's Noah's story and, here, you know, Noah's ark and here's, here's the word of God and there's all these things that you can try and make them believe. But for me, if I was going to try and commit someone that Jesus was the saviour, the I would focus on one thing and instilling one belief and that is that he came back to life. If I could make someone believe that he came brought himself back to life, right, after being crucified, then it's much easier for me to persuade them that the Bible, <laughs> the rest of the Bible is true, right, and that he's the son of God, um, et cetera, et cetera. So if I can, you know, because bringing yourself back to, back to life is, is a pretty, cra pretty crazy thing to do. So if I, if I get them to believe that one thing, then I can prove that he is the savior, right? So how would I do that? Well, First of all, I would go to, okay, um, so he, um, uh, when he came back to life, an example was that he, uh, over 500 people saw him um, after, you know, he, he, he rose three days later, right? So the other thing is the, the rock, the gigantic rock that was in front of his tomb, that, that was moved. Um, but the big thing is the, that, that he walked the earth, I think it was about 40 days or so. Over 500 people saw him. And for me, the biggest, one of the biggest convincing pieces of that is that there have, there has never, there has never been in the history of the world a mass delusion event, right? Um, where, you know, hundreds of people have, have like envisaged or <laughs> saw something that wasn't there, right? There's never been a mass delusion event. So by stacking up these pieces of evidence, I'm building my case. And I said, if I can get people to believe just that one thing, that Jesus, that, that, um, Jesus came back to life, then it's much easier to convince them that he is the savior and he's the son of God and blah, 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 right? So, so it's, it, it's often starting with, you just, what's that one, what's that one belief? Um, another, another great example of this 
you'll like this one. Well, some people will, some people won't. Um, <clears throat> so I did an email about this uh, a while ago. So let's pretend that um, I wanted to make you believe that, uh, or convince you, persuade you, that, uh, that Trump was still the president right now. Biden's actually not the president. So I was trying to make that argument. How would I do that? Well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do that without telling you the belief that I'm trying to instill, and you can tell me what belief you think that is, right? So, okay, so um, let's start here. Let's start with the military. So with the military, right, um, as you're aware, they, they, they're pretty process-driven, right? Very, very process-driven. Actually, they're, they're extremely disciplined and regimented. Right? Everything um, they do needs to be performed a very specific or certain exact way, right? And that's for a reason. It's so that there's, there's discipline and order and so people don't die on the battlefield, right? Now, a, a, very, a really great example of that is um, marching, right? So on the, just something as simple as marching on the command of march, everyone in the platoon or whatever moves forward starting with their left foot, right? And you place your heel on the ground, right, at a, at a 45 degree angle. Then um, you coordinate your arm swing um, so you, your right arm goes um, forward first. Uh, your, your hands must be down, they must be cupped with the thumbs pointing down. And then <laughs> when you swing your arms, right, there should be a measure of nine inches. And also your thighs, uh, they need to be more than, uh, they need not be more than six inches apart, right? So I'm, I'm reading off a thing right now on exactly what needs to happen in a military march, right? And that's, that's just marching. <clears throat> Okay, so there's a process for halting, there's a process for mark time, there's a process for half-step half march, column right march, and so on and so forth, right? So the point is, the military is very disciplined and very detailed, very regimented. There's a specific detailed process for virtually every action they take, right? From marching to making your bed, to cleaning your gun, to responding to a commander, to welcoming a new president. In fact, let's talk about that now, right? So when a new president gets sworn in, I don't know if you knew this, they do a four cannon, 21 gun salute. Okay, four cannon, 21 gun salute. Okay, not to be confused with a three cannon, 21 gun salute. This is for state funerals and a visiting foreign dignitary. Okay, so when JFK was sworn in, he got a four cannon 21 gun salute. When Ronald Reagan was sworn in, he got a four cannon 21 gun salute. Bill Clinton, he got a four cannon 21 gun salute. Obama got a four cannon 21 gun salute. Trump got a four cannon 21 gun salute. Obama got a three cannon 21 gun salute. That's weird, isn't it? This military is very disciplined, regimented, has a detail for every single process on one of the most important days of, you know, in terms of the constitution, every four years, 
they just happened to screw up the, uh, the number of cannons. Or did they? So what have I done there? What have I done? First of all, I instilled the belief, got you to agree with me. Well, I mean, you could disagree that the, that the military is <laughs> disciplined, regimented, but again, I know most people would agree with me there. Right? You're not gonna win every single 100% of your audience. People just um, will choose to not listen to you. But yeah, if you have a strong argument like that, if you start with a, a belief that's easy to believe, that easy to agree with, you'll get most people. So what have I done? I started with a, 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 something that's very easy to agree with, which is the military is very disciplined. I've given specific examples to back up my case, right? So you're like, yes, Luke, I'm, okay, they've got a march, they've got, they have to do the march, right? They have to speak to a commander the right way. They, they welcome a president the right way, right? So I got you to, be, to believe the same belief that I have. And then what did I do? I brought in uh, how I, I made my case, which is on Biden's inauguration, they didn't follow this, the, the same protocol, right? They made a mistake. Or did they? Because again, the military is very disciplined, very regimented. They know what they're doing. For me, they, I mean, you could disagree. They did a three cannon, 21 gun salute. I mean, you, you can even look this up if you want. Um, don't, don't, <laughs> don't believe me. Uh, they did a three cannon, 21 gun salute, which again is for either a funeral, I didn't see a funeral that day, or for a visiting foreign dignitary. Why did they do that? Well, now I can you know, extrapolate from there and, and give my other arguments as to why that happened. I'm not gonna do that. That's not the point of this particular episode. You can go do that research if you want, but the, the point is giving you dem demonstrating how I have made a pretty good case as to why uh, I don't think Biden is, is the president at the moment. Why, I mean, <laughs> what we're seeing, <laughs> some crazy stuff going on and um, uh, yeah, and what, why he's anyway? Why he's not? Why he's not the president? And it all starts with that 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 technique of you know just starting with the belief that you that your audience can easily believe, and then you step them, you you back that up, right? You back up that one belief, and then you go, okay, if that's true, then this then this next thing must be true. And go go listen to how um, I did that with the you know how to picture program, how to picture program. Uh, episodes. But yeah, you just, you just go, okay, if that's true, then this must be true. And then if that's true, then this must be true. And you just kind of go d degrees. Sometimes you don't have to step them. Like for that most last, ex last example, right, it was just like, here's the, um, here's the one belief. And then, okay, if that's true, then what's happened here with this inauguration? Something's, but I could then, I could then continue to step you down other paths from there, right? If I, if I wanted to, um, so and I can help you know move you further and further away, persuading you to believe, perceive <laughs> other other you know more other um, quote unquote crazy crazy beliefs right. But anyway, before I wrap it up, I um, I'll I'll talk about why this why this why this is so powerful, um, and that is because we humans don't like to be seen as incongruent. It's like a biological thing that um, 
you know, it goes back to caveman days where um, if you were seen as incongruent, right, if you said one thing and did a different thing, then you can be you're not trustworthy, right, and you can be kind of kicked out of the group and whatever. Um, yeah, so we want to be seen as, as congruent. So the reason why this is powerful is if you get someone to believe the belief, right, in the beginning, that first belief, and then you step them through to the logical conclusion that, well, if that's true, then this is true, they, they can't go back on, because they agreed in the beginning, right, and they can't be seen as incongruent. Right? So for example, back to that Biden one, if I got you to believe that, yes, the military is very regimented, yes, they don't make mistakes, blah, 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 blah. And then it's like, well, then why did they only do a three cannon, 21 gun salute here? So my argument is he's not actually the president. It's very hard for the person to go back on their beliefs, <clears throat> unless you're a liberal, uh, because... The <laughs> <laughs> you know, because they agreed to that original belief, right? Again, we don't want to be, that's why it's such, such, that's why it's my favorite um, way to persuade. Uh, I think um, above all, it's, it's a, yeah, um, we do not want to be seen as congruent. This is like a biological, psychological thing within us um, that, and that's why if you, if you, um, what you'll find is if you make this type of argument with someone that is maybe a bit crazy, they will not let you often, like their way out of it is to basically uh, not agree with that original belief to, um, <laughs> to um, you know, to yeah, not, not agree or just not, or not participate in the argument. So that's the only real way out of out of out of that. And you you may have experienced it before when you're trying to tie someone down to like let's just have some common ground. Or let's just start here. And can we both agree on this? <laughs> you may have had this conversation with your spouse before. So to the men, yeah, sometimes your 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 ladies they they can see this coming and, and they often won't participate. Um, so just be warned on that one. But. Uh, yeah, if uh, they, some people, you know, sometimes they can see what you're, what you're trying to do and they just won't participate because they know that if they agree with that, if they agree with the common ground, which says often sometimes something really simple like, can we both agree that water is good? You know, can we start with the fact that water is good for us, right? Something simple like that. And they're not, you know, it's like trying to nail down a, you know, a, mouse running away or something to like catch a chicken it's because they know they know what you're trying to do and they know that if they agree to this one thing which then will lead to the next logical to the logical conclusion of your argument um uh that that that's that's painful for them right because then they're then they're seen as incongruent so that's why it's very powerful argument so just be careful with doing this with your spouse <laughs> but in terms of a um uh in terms of a way to persuade people with your marketing arguments it's for me it's my most favorite uh strategy and um uh i've said that my my, my most favorite tactic before to persuade is using contrast like before and afters or side-by-side -side comparisons 
but in terms of like a strategy to persuade someone, this is number one. This is what I do 99% of the time is to nail down that belief, to find common ground and then walk people through the logical steps thereafter. Okay. So that being said, um, you know, I do help my clients do this with their sales scripts, webinars, VSLs. Um, if you are, and this is, you know, one of the main strategies I use to turn paid ads into high paying clients. So if you want to um, turn paid ads into high paying clients or you want help scaling your advertising campaigns, um, that's what we help with. So just go to apply.lukecharlton.com, apply.lukecharlton.com and um, we'll just have a chat to see if we can help in the first instance and if we can, we'll map out a, a game plan on how we're gonna help you with your advertising campaigns. And uh, from there you can choose to um, for us to help you with that game plan or not, up to you. So just go to apply.lukecharlton.com and I'll see you in the next episode. See you then. Cheers.